It is a Tuesday. We are here. It is Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 241. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Joe, I'm Joe Dubs. Yeah, yeah. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. I'm Chaz. We're all depressed here. Horror I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm, not I'm, de- in, I'm not depressed. So. I'm fucking inspired. Same. I was motivated. I cleaned and shit. I wiped my ass today. After watching a, this movie? Today? Today, yet today, I didn't say anything that isn't true. I did, in fact, wipe my ass today. So, multiple times, in fact. So, as opposed to other days where you may not. Well, I that that wasn't said. That's just inferred. Yeah, exactly. Mm. This is the banter part of our show. We banter before we talk about the movie. Yeah, we just have fun around here. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about horror. Harakari. There Harakiri. we go. Harakiri. Yeah. yeah. You, you didn't say Harry Carey, so at yeah. least it's okay. Well, yeah. that's Harry Carey. It's a fun time. People kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, so we're watching... Th- uh, we watched this movie, and we are going to talk about it. So, as usual, Andy, I'm going to let you start off, but I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this movie before I get into my opinion. So. This movie sucks. I know. Okay. Uh, this is yet another Gita Geki, another period film. Last week we watched Seven Samurai, which is popularly considered to be like, oh, it's the best samurai movie. It's the best Japanese movie. It's the best movie. And um, I really wanted to watch it back to back with this and say nothing about this until now. Uh, this movie is definitely one of the best samurai movies, one of the best period movies, one of the best Japanese movies ever made. But no one ever talks about it. Um, it's uh, it, it kind of flies in the face of what Seven Samurai is all about. There is this is th- I mean this is an outrageously unfair comparison. But I'm gonna say it anyway because I was thinking about how to bring this up, and this is the only thing I arrived at. Um, Kurosawa was making Seven Samurai and a bunch of stuff similar to it, and it was big and grand and epic, and it was the most expensive movie made in Japan up to that point. Uh people looked at Kurosawa the way that people look at like Michael Bay now. So he just makes stupid movies about big, dumb, stupid samurai fights. And yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of extra stuff going on in seven samurai, which we discussed last week. Go listen to that episode. If you want to hear what we talked about with seven samurai, but Harakiri is, it's still Jidageki, but um, it's much more personal drama based story. That's not to say it doesn't get bloody because it's certainly, gets bloody but yeah there was more blood in this than seven samurai oh for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh just just uh quickly like it, and i know christopher nolan is later on in, in 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 the world uh compared to this movie but it like unfolds like a christopher nolan movie like you get this one story and then you get the backstory and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> But, I like uh, I like uh, that. That man is of some acquaintance to me, and you're like, oh, so he did know this guy. And then the story just gets worse and worse. And you're like, oh my god, knew <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you asshole. That's that is a stretch. That's so much more. Yeah, this movie, this movie's a roller coaster, right? I, I put fuck around and find out the movie because the first ten minutes of me watching it, I was like, this really is fuck around and find out. And then I was like, oh my god, this is fuck around and find out because <laughs> they were like a dick to the guy, and it turned out he like ruined this other guy's entire life. And he was like, I'm 
kills them some bitches. It gets yeah. more and more. Like it builds and builds because they're ready to strike him down the moment he walks in the front door. So like this is another freaking beggar. He's coming here. He just wants us to give him some money so he'll leave. I'm sick of this shit. So he tells him the story. Hey, someone else came here. He was begging for money, we think. He said he wanted to, to commit ritual suicide. And we said, fine, do it. And then we did it in like a really heinous, fucked up way yeah. that really exploited the guy's sense of Bushido and honor and all this other stuff. And uh, made it so that he died a horrible death. But it's also honorable. Um, so are you sure you want to do this? And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm still down. And they they say, okay, well, we're just going to like run up on this guy and kill him if he if he if he gives us any sass, basically. And then they just about do. He says, well, hang on, let me tell you my story. And then he tells them his story, and they're, like, they're definitely going to kill this guy. They just hang on. And then he says, well, also, I made your three best warriors look like idiots. They're like, now they're definitely going to kill this guy. <laughs> Keeps adding on. That's what I was going to bring up. Before he goes to his whole story thing, and it actually comes to a crux, it really seems like he's going to go through it. And they're like, all right, they finally believe him. And then he he starts asking for the guy to be the person to behead him, which is like the you get to choose your executioner. And he asks for the three guys. And they're like, oh, these guys are sick. Well, we don't know. Oh, this is unexpected. Okay. And then he gets all weird. And he's like, oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> Those three men are sick. <laughs> yeah. And then you touch the Nakadai laugh. He's so great. Yeah. I fucking love Nakadai. He's the, the main guy. He, um, the, the two of you that watched Yojimbo, back when we watched Yojimbo, he is um, the bad guy with the revolver. He's, oh. like, he's one of the boss's sons. He comes back into town halfway through the movie. He's got the revolver. That's Tetsuya Nakadai just with a shaven face. Oh shit! Okay, cool. Seemed yes. familiar. I, I got a. I got and a also, question. he's the star of next week's movie as well. So look forward to that. Nice. Good. I got, I got a question. When they're asking for this ritual, are those people like kind of like government, like state elite? I, I people? guess it's confusing. And honestly, like I, I consider myself. I know more about Japanese history than like your average guy, and even I'm like, okay, now what the fuck's going on in this movie? It's like. 1619 and the shogun abolished some nonsense and like a bunch of samurai were basically just they took their jobs and now they're out on the street took their gerbs and uh th this movie again it, another juxtaposition to seven samurai seven samurai takes place when the whole nation's just at like non-stop war and, period. and harakiri takes place in Edo. a period of peace the Edo period correct Edo. Edo took over, they abolished all the other houses and it caused them to all not have fucking jobs and shit. Mm -hmm. so. so they're all looking for work and everyone's desperate. I, I tell you what though, they, those people made me fucking angry about them. <laughs> Especially the part I know we always jump around in our stuff, but like when they bring uh, the kid home uh, to uh, the main character and his wife's uh, home and stuff and lay him down. They're like laughing, smirking and like throw the sword on the top of the dead body. I was like, I hope this motherfucker kills at least fucking 10 of them. <laughs> I, since you said that, I was going to bring it up at some point. Okay, normally when I'm watching a movie, I can just watch it and I don't say anything out loud. This is one of those movies where I talk to the screen <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we got into the story, and I realized, like, as it was playing out, what was going to... I was like, nuh uh <laughs> and then whenever he threw the sword down on the guy, I was like, that son of a bitch, he must die. <laughs> I had two emotions in that. One, I was like, I hope that motherfucker kills him. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, shit. So he sold the steel in his fucking sword because of his family being sick and stuff. That's that's a big part. I mean, that that's, that's one of the key themes to this is it um, tries to deconstruct and kind of pick apart the whole idea of like honor and, and Bushido mm-hmm. because at the end of the movie he says like like Zach and I both have pointed out uh, Samurai honor is nothing but a facade and they're like oh it's nonsense and then he shows them that no it really is here's proof of it but throughout the movie there's moments like that like he sees that um, like, it bothers me I can't remember the kid's name uh, Kingo are you talking about the no uh, the actual uh, kid. Ch- Chijua. He he sees that he sold his swords and he says it never even occurred to me to sell my sword. Like, yeah, he he was so desperate that he sold his his soul. They they, they make a big point every time it comes up. Oh, the the sword is the soul of a samurai. Oh, it's how how could you part with such a thing? It's a part. It's like it would be like giving your arm away. But in a way, yeah. his family is more important than his arm or his sword or anything mm-hmm. to, to his life is, you know, so th- there's that. And then there's the whole idea of Bushido at all. And uh, the top knot thing, that's another big taboo honor Bushido kind of thing. And so the whole movie toys with that. But something I did not realize, and this is my uh, fourth or so time watching this movie, and I was doing some extra research. It never... If you think about it, the movie doesn't so much um, it, it doesn't tear down the entire idea of Harakiri or seppuku or whatever you want to call it, ritualistic warrior suicide. Uh, it just um, man, it's it's really hard to put this thought together. It, uh, like it's posing questions about it. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's, it's posing questions about it and it's using it as a vehicle to pose questions about uh, Bushido and honor and what matters as a whole, because yeah. what should matter is your family over everything else. Well, it also does a lot of themes like class and stuff. Like you have the, the poor, the homeless and all that stuff compared to the guys that are in that feudal area. doing the sort ritual. of as far as like caste system kind of stuff goes, they're still warriors. They're still the samurai class. They're just masterless. They're Ronin. Yeah, but like he brings up the thing, like after he tells that story, like none of them say anything. They just don't give a shit. And he's like, well, you're not going to say anything like he's like, you you know, you bring this grievance here. He's like, grievance. It, like, again, that's me. Like Chaz said, yelling at the screen, go fuck yourself. Exactly like, right. <laughs> like, you know, uh, it, it. oh, if if nothing else. This film will elicit some kind of an emotional response if you pay any yeah. attention at all. Oh yeah. Well, and the whole facade thing sticks too because the the if there's any semblance of honor still left for the the house uh, EE that ends up you know killing the, the protagonist in this, the uh, at the very end, what does the current head or the temporary head while their master is gone decide? He decides to say, nope, those men didn't die of dishonor. They died of illness. And 
and make those two men go kill themselves. And he, he didn't learn anything. That's still what matters is honor and saving face. Thing, he, he literally proved the guy's point by doing that. Yep. He literally proved honors a facade because he's just going to lie to protect it, to pretend. I, I didn't know or not if this mattered. Um, it just seemed like it did, but they didn't explain it. But okay, at the beginning of the end of the movie, it, it begins and ends the same way, which is kind of a cool thing too, with uh, the close-up shot of the uh, the armor that's a shrine. Which it, I can't remember if that is that uh, a specific entity. Like, a, a, is it supposed to represent? It's their red uh, armor of uh, their family armor or something. Okay, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, I didn't know they if, say uh, that, and it's kind of like, eh, who cares? But also, like, it's kind of important. I don't well, know with like specifically that the way they had the hair and there was horns. If it was supposed to represent some type of deity or something too, maybe. I mean, that? I, honestly, this movie is deep with like Japanese history Bushido bullshit, and like, like I said, like mm-hmm. I I know kind of a lot, but I every every time I've watched this movie, another couple years has gone by in my life, and I've learned more. And every time I watch it, like there's there's a deeper appreciation of what the hell's going on like even on the second watching like already knowing how the movie ends it's it's just so satisfying every step of the way he's so patient with the way that he leads them along and just drip feeds them the information oh it's so cool i love it (laughs) yeah uh... also uh also every time i watch this movie i spend weeks going oh (laughs) as a way of saying oh is that so uh that the, the sick kid was a doll, right? Because <laughs> like, at gonna, some point, yeah, I was gonna say, man, he's doing a perfect, like almost dead body. Oh, no, <laughs> like, they actually got a child with a, a severe fever. Just no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were like, hmm, how, how much for the dying kid? The actress that played Miho yeah. actually got tuberculosis for this role. <laughs> she actually died. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, actually, something interesting that I didn't know about this film th- those are all real swords. But every Sick. every scene where there's a sword or spear, they're real weapons. Oh, that's, that's cool. Strange. Which uh, I guess they're not allowed to do anymore. <laughs> it's just like on Alec Baldwin's movies. That's <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Got a loaded katana. Whoa! <laughs> I, I guess Nakadai was like terrified. Like he he was actually terrified during all the fight scenes because even though they're all professionals, they're all wielding real weapons against him. Well, he didn't look terrified. Yeah, he just kind of looked like pissed off. He's like, he just, God yeah. damn it! Why did I put myself in this fucking situation? <laughs> it felt. I still think he did it on purpose. I think he did go there to ritualistically kill himself. Yeah, it's just he didn't do it the way they thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. Well, except he did actually. I guess he did. He, he, wanted, he wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. I think. Yeah. No, you you definitely nailed it. He he definitely didn't do it the way they thought that he was going to, but he still had every intention of dying. He had nothing else to live he for. Still, he still submit, uh, commits Harakiri at the very end. Yeah, they just shoot him at the same time. Yeah, they just yeah. shoot him as well. Right, right. Like, That's the point. I, it just occurred to me, like, oh, he really does kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he fully intended... Anyway, like. Well, I think, I think it's the thing. He fully intended on dying there. He just was going to take down as much as he could. He wanted to teach them a lesson. It's it's unfortunate that uh, he was in a time where, oh, man, if you could only record this and put the body cam on and upload this shit, people people wouldn't take down the house of EE. But, I mean, again, they're able to clean up all the shit. Is Andy's camera free? Andy went. He's in the vortex coast. mode. He's, the vibrations. My <laughs> he's, he's gone. He's in the Matrix. Buy our fallen friend. 
Uh, yeah, oh, there you are. You're, you're uh, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you're back. You you froze for a second. Yeah, you're full freezy. Uh, so I, I, Andy, I think you're right. I think he was going there to kill himself. I think at some point, like I think he was trying to see what they were thinking too. Like that's why, like after he did the story and after he's like. Okay, what do you guys have to say for yourself of this of killing, you know, the uh letting this kid kill himself with his bamboo uh uh sword and stuff. That's fucked. Yeah, dude, that fucking scene, man. That scene's hard to watch. It yeah. is hard. It, it's conf- it's hard to watch and it was confusing because it was in the beginning cuz you just like is he trying to be a fake samurai? Like, is he trying to like? Uh, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. See, what's funny yeah. when they set all that up is they don't actually say it's a bamboo sword. They just kind of sell it like it's a really dull sword, like it's a shitty sword, like he didn't take care of it or something. Then you find out later it was a bamboo sword. <laughs> like, what the hell? Did it, I thought he said expecting it. it. They do say something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. Before he before he dies, yeah, they they very clearly note that and they say it's bamboo, and then they. Like because of that, they they point out that they know his sword's fake. Like they they lay all the cards on the table and say, "Yeah, like again, fuck around and find out." Like, yep, we caught you, you some bitch trying to pull a con on us. Nah, nope, you you can kill yourself right here. The shittiest way to die. Just fucking and and of course he goes through with the the balls to to go through it. It's rough. I love it. He grabs the little table and smashes it. He's like, "Fuck it, I'll do it then." <laughs> yeah. Dude, that that showdown in the fucking field was awesome. I love that scene, and where he's like saying that about the wind and shit. It I was, was like, wind. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I also really like the fake out where he's like, "I took the first two guys top knots, but for the third guy." And then the story starts telling, and it makes you think that he had to kill him. And he's like, "That's why it was exceptionally difficult to get just his top knot." It's like, "Oh yeah, what a badass!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's really cool about that, too, and it ties more into why the whole honor facade thing is there. You know, so many of these people had to become uh, Ronin and are, are struggling. But at the same time, there are many of them that didn't see war. So he is actually like you're the main character is someone who actually had to fight in war. He understands more than just oh, I'm following this way because I was told to follow this He's way. I've actually something. Yeah, he's actually had to fight in uh, in, in se- castle sieges. He's had to fight in war. Yeah, so, mastering swordplay without combat is like mastering swimming on dry land. It, such a good line. Exactly. <laughs> so he's talking about these men that are making all of these claims to their honor and everything, and they've not actually experienced anything to earn to say they live by those rules. And that's the whole theme anyway. It is a facade. These are men that are literally just wearing the robes and pretending that they're samurai. Like, they still are, but in the same sense of, well, they've not been through the battle. It's the equivalent of someone that would, like, give civilians shit because they're in the military. But it turns out they're in the National Guard. They were stationed somewhere. They didn't fight at all. But they made everyone think, like, they almost earned a goddamn Purple Heart or some shit. You're one of these... One of these genome soldiers that did all the VR training, they have been to combat like Solid Snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. By the way, this is a sidebar. I think it'd be a really funny thing. One of my goals in life is to be, be that 70 year old man that's in McDonald's and just like giving every young person that walks in a bunch of shit. And for no reason, I'm going to wear my grandfather's Vietnam War veteran hat. With no, and I'm not going to explain it. I'm just going to be wearing a bunch of Vietnam vet stuff. And I, I'm waiting for people to question it. Like, 
I mean, are you like 150? How did you fight in that war? Uh, I thought you were going to say your dream was to become a genome soldier. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I mean, I, I want realistic dreams. I mean, that would be great, but I, I don't know if we're, I'm going to live long enough to get to that. That's that's a whole. There's like three phases. I'd have to be frozen, maybe cloned. It's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, you pull Wesley Snipes and you commit a crime and get frozen for a while. Demolition Man, yeah, <laughs> stupid. Uh, but Dude, fucking! It's a slow. It's a this movie. It's a really slow burn, but it's fucking good. Like good slow burns, like a cigar. mm -hmm. You enjoy it. it. Yeah, it's not like one of those slow burns where you're just like, "That's it." (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, But I, I I have to admit this. I think I like, and I know I'm showing my hand early before the ranking, but I think I like this more than Seven Samurais. Because I think the story emotionally hit me fucking harder than you know the what happened in Seven Samurais. Like, camera's great, Kurosawa's great, but this film, man, it, the drama is just amazing, <laughs> and, and especially the when they do the fighting and stuff. It's kind of like what you just said with the real swords and stuff. Like, it actually felt genuine when they were actually fighting and stuff. Real swords, so yeah, <laughs> makes sense. That's another neat thing about this movie. There's actually very little combat in the movie, like comparatively. Like most of this movie is set in a in a setting where you're literally just watching them sit, you know, and talk. That yeah. that is the vast majority of this movie, but it still gets you because there's a lot of tension behind what's being said. Yeah, it's just and drama, it's, drama, drama, drama. A duel, a little more drama, huge fucking fight credits. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. I, I think one thing to criticize on, which again, it's I really like this movie, so it's not saying that I don't. I, I felt like the the movie in, intentionally, you know, did what it, it did to hold its cards and, and lay things out the way it did. Um, the when they get to the point where he's telling the story, and I understand they they do need to put enough time on it because they want you to to be upset about what happens with the family but i do feel like it it does take a little long to get through all of that it's it's almost like again it's not the and maybe that's the whole point of it it's supposed to be that way but they they drag out some of it to the point that it's like oh okay i get it let's go what happens ah stop it hurt this it's painful to watch like you're sitting here just watching two people just lay there and just die slowly and you're just watching think, it, but that's—I think that's the point. Yeah, I was right. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I was just gonna say because Chad just brought it up. It, it's the point, literally, because you know how many times they're just like, "Are you done?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm done." No. But then he's like, "No, I'm not done." Wait, Wait. Wait. yeah, Wait. yeah. <laughs> I um, when I chose this movie, I I, I knew. I, from a long way out, I was like, I'm going to choose Samurai movies. Okay, Seven Samurai, Harakiri, and some other shit. I don't know. Because th- those two, th- those were always set. But when I was thinking about having chosen this movie, that's what I remembered. I remembered, look, this movie's great. It's got a good like twist. It's got a huge fight at the end. They're all going to like this movie. We're going to have a lot to talk about. But I do remember, man, it really draws out the nonsense in the middle. Especially... Um, uh, after he has told them that he cut off the guy's top knots, like I expected, like bam, fight. But no, there's still like a little bit of bullshit there. Um, 
And I thought, okay, so this movie's not perfect. We'll have something to nitpick. And sure enough, you guys brought it up apropos of... I didn't have to say anything. But watching it this time, I was like, wait, was I wrong? And uh, what I mean by that is I kind of like reveled in it this time, like knowing what was coming, but not quite getting it. Like, um, it reminded me a lot of uh, the more recent films that Tarantino has made because they all have like obnoxiously long pregnant pauses in it where you're like really on the edge of your seat and you know that like some violence is probably about to happen but you're not certain mm-hmm. and i really got that a lot from the movie this time but maybe the, again i've seen it a few times now mm-hmm. so i i don't know i don't know i don't know how much of that is like my personal bullshit getting mixed up and trying to be objective i mean well, i think this movie seems like it would benefit from watching multiple times too like you would, pr- would appreciate it more the more you watch because of details like something for instance i I noticed second time around, I, I picked up on it immediately, but it didn't mean anything to me until after I'd heard it. And I thought, oh, the, going back and seeing that now, it, I could definitely see how that would impact me even more. Um, the the kid that goes in and initially ends up dying a gruesome death uh, from the wooden sword, like looking at his character, he is like all kinds of disheveled and he has like these terribly dark eyes. Like he looks rough like he's not just coming there to like simply say oh i'm just gonna die like he he looks like rough as shit he looks like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag right like it's really easy to not like really pay too much attention to it but then when you know why he looks that way it hits that much harder think oh well this it's because this guy has literally sold everything he's literally sold the metal and his sword which is like the big no-no but it was in order to try to save his family, which he fails to do. He also gets more pale as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like getting sickly too. Like he's and all he's trying to do is he's trying to find the least he can do to just save save his family, save his kid. Yeah, I was gonna, say, yeah. I was gonna say uh, I've never seen this movie before, and watching it, I kind of had the similar feeling you're talking about, where like you're like anticipating violence will happen and it doesn't. Uh, and you typically, I'm like the first person that'll jump up and say, This movie is too long, or this movie is too short. And I feel like it was just right. So, this, this movie's a really good how long is this movie? Two, uh, hours. two hours, 16 minutes, I think. Yeah, so it was just right over two hours. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't think that it felt like it drug on. I never felt that way. I was on the edge of my seat, and like I said, I yeah, think yeah. it was a point. That, like you could maybe trim like maybe five minutes of fat from this movie on things where they lean just a little too long. And it seems that I, I as do I will stick on this. I'll die on the hill. I don't think there are a few moments where they don't need to linger because they've made their point. Like they don't it, you like you've made the point and you don't need to linger on that any longer because you're waiting because you're no longer driving it to make it painful or emotional. You also okay, come on, uh, but maybe I, I think this movie has the, has has an example of both. Like there's the um, dramatic tension from from talking from storytelling and then the realization that violence is impending because of the implication that he's here to like take revenge or whatever but this movie has a great example of the more overt version of what we're talking about um when he dispatches the first of the three you know assholes who are responsible for this whole thing uh he's following him down the alleyway and he can hear his feet on the gravel so the guy like goes around the corner and gets ready with his sword and there's like 
several full complete seconds of just uh, sandal steps on gravel. And that's something that, yeah, arguably you could cut that down. But uh, every second that you would cut from that scene, I would consider to be a tragedy. Because I just really like that agonizing, like, impending what's going to happen. And then he's just <laughs> behind the guy. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. That, to me, is is really good, though. That's that suspense, like, almost nearly perfected right like that that to me i thought was awesome i, I just meant there were just brief moments but again I, i'm nitpicking i'm trying to find something otherwise to what felt like a, just a stellar movie yeah unfortunately uh, this movie's fantastic so. <laughs> yeah exactly like i it's like it's, it's like this this movie is fucking brilliant and i don't know how many movies i have watched this is covering any movie period any genre anything i don't know many movies from this time or earlier that have such a very well developing plot like that actually weaves the way it does and actually has the twist where it pulls the rug out from under you uh i'm sure there are i mean i'm not saying that this movie invented the twist but but there there aren't that many movies that that really go this type of route I so mean, that, not, that's another not to thing. do a cliche, but a Citizen Kane came out in 1941. Just saying. <laughs> oh sure, but I, I'm just saying like that. Other than that, I mean, yeah, there. This is not like we live in a in a a world now where when movies are made because there's so many other great movies they're they're kind of banked on, or they're just making remakes and stuff. There are so it's very common for someone to have a trope of just making a twist left and right for the hell of it. Yeah, like, now it's like meta. Think about like watching this in the time period it was made. Like this probably floored people. No, yeah, you're you're now you seem you're dangerously close to slipping into my world of being a filmophile weirdo criterion collector douchebag. And what I mean by that is when you watch something, you're like, oh my god, uh, Kobayashi was doing this in 1962. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, Kurosawa pointed the camera at the at the sun. No one had ever done that before, man. That's so fucking cool. And now people point the camera at the sun all the time, and people have twists all the time. Some people make careers out of it. Christopher Nolan, uh, Fincher, all these other people. But the fact that these guys did it first, it's like, um, oh, I can play, oh, I can play all of this Jimi Hendrix song. Blah, blah. Yeah, but Jimi Hendrix fucking wrote it, dude. Like, you'll never be as good as Hendrix if you just play Hendrix licks. You got to write something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And, that, and that's what uh, that's what Harakiri, Seven Samurai, and all these classic films are like. You know, when you when you watch an old noir, it's oh yeah, there's a hundred crime movies now that come out all the time. But this one, this came out in the '30s, and they did this for the first time. And when you look at it. Uh, when you look at it in its context, chef's kiss. I want to bring this up because, Chaz, on your nitpicking, every time when I watch uh, films in general, I always look at it from like a writing standpoint a little bit. I felt like there was many POVs that were happening. Uh, As far as us being like, come on, get on with it. This is fucking like making... This is terrible hearing about this uh, kid and wife die and all that stuff. I felt like the POV was from the people that are standing around this guy. But, like, him telling the story and, like, dragging out, like, then she got uh, blood came out of her mouth. And then the kid was, like, sick and stuff. And she was weeping. I think he was, like, reliving. He says, uh, Miho wept. She wept. And yeah. wept. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, dude, settle down. I, <laughs> you're breaking my heart over here. I, I, I think before she, even before he comes back, she he makes a comment when he was gone, and it well, it was a matter of some hours, or or didn't even cover like the full extent of what, how much time was passed. Like mm. he was he was supposed to come back in the evening, and he didn't, and then maybe it, it was a day or two or something he came back. I'm I'm not sure. If they covered the full breadth of the time, but I, he I talks think, about how everyone was like there, an eternity. Yeah, I, I, he, he brings up the whole thing. It feels like hell. He he, he literally is like it felt like an eternity. It was, and so I think that's the, it is the point. Yeah, that yeah. was that was my argument. Of I'm just trying to like bring up the the point of us talking about it. It's like okay, it, it superficially feels long. Uh, I guess that's what I should clarify. And I'm not backtracking or anything. I probably sound like I'm just bullshitting, but. Really, I'm bringing it up because I, I don't want to just all oh, this gawk over it. It's nice to have discussion on it and go, oh, this is perfect. But there are moments where it does drag, but it's like you said, it's supposed to. Yeah, it's, that, you, that you, you're supposed to feel that dread. Like, you're, you're oh, like, yeah. And, you know, him telling the story is kind of like him reliving it. Like, that, it was so good how it was delivered uh, because. Yeah, he's telling us and he's telling those guys, but he's reliving it as he's saying it. And you could tell, like, again, and I repeated myself, like, near the end, after he tells a story, he was hoping to see some type of emotion. Like, none of the guys around him were showing any type of emotion. The only time they showed emotion is when the fucking hair came out and they're all fucking clutching their little fucking swords and shit. You're just like, that's why I was like, fuck these guys. I hope they die. <laughs> Uh, if I could, if if I could say something that I think is uh, a strike against this movie, um, everyone does fine in this movie. The guy who plays Chijuwa is pretty good. The guy who plays his father is pretty good. The chick who plays Miho's Miho is pretty good. But everyone else is just kind of like there. I, I just, I, I think it's just uh, Tetsuya Nagata just acts circles around everyone in this movie. For better yeah. or worse, like Pretty it just much. it makes him look fantastic. He's he's you know he's larger than life, even though he's being so meek throughout the whole movie until the very end. But uh, everyone else is just somewhat forgettable for me. Like even like the the head of the of the EE clan or whatever. Like it's just like some pudgy jerk off. He didn't have like any presence. I thought, <laughs> and, he, and even the other sword. Guy, like the sword, the, the main sword, the guy he has a duel with is the one that comes the closest to being memorable for me because I can picture his face and he like had kind of an attitude when they were dropping off the body, like you said. But other than that, everyone else in the movie is just kind of there to prop up uh, Sagumo, uh, Nakadai's character. Yeah, so they're all, they're th all that's, that's the closest I can come to being like, oh, maybe this movie's not flawless. Well, I wonder if that was also intentional too, though. I'm looking into it like yeah it, it actually is to make a point of people who play the facade of honor actually don't stick out at all it's like yeah. it, I, I watched a lot of Rick and Morty recently but it makes me think of a thing where oh I noticed that your characteristics are different so you didn't oh, yeah, yeah. give you a nickname like Stripe but no you're just a rat like you're you're just special to rats. You mean like you to me, yeah. yeah, you mean nothing to me. Maybe you should have done more to impress me instead of rats. That's why I, I I wonder. Like it, <laughs> they, these guys are just sh pieces of shit, and they show it all throughout the movie. They don't need to stick out because shit is just generic. Maybe shit smells Maybe the same. Um, I, I could be reading into it too much. I, I now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, subscribe to the Criteria channel. It's still, um, 
it's it's still at its heart a samurai movie, and I feel like a, a great evil villain might have helped it a little bit. Like not like a mustache twirly villain or anything. Just that's kind of the thing I felt was really missing from Seven Samurai. Is oh, have, like to personify they, the bandits. Yeah, they had that magnificent seven. The they had the I forget the guy's name played Tuco. He was the bad guy, mm. and uh, they they show a leader of the bandits, and he has like big epic crazy armor and shit. But then like. You just see him like maybe a grand total of like a minute and a half screen time. He doesn't really. He says like what a couple lines and it's over. Wait. Uh, um. No, I, I, I. Well, I'll go ahead and say it because I stopped you. But I might be pulling this out of my ass. But both of these movies were made. Seven Samurai was, and I think Harakiri also was. They were made while there was still a film censor board in Japan, yeah. and they had some restraints on how you could personify villains. Really? So it's possible Kurosawa and Kobayashi uh, shied away from having a bombastic, likable villain just in case. So I don't oh. want to get like. Well, I, I don't it, know if that's true. I, I might be pulling. It. I, I feel like that was part of it. Well, it doesn't have to be likable. I don't mean like even not likable. Just, yeah. just uh, like for fear of like casting a likable actor, they'd be like, "Oh, you can't." Oh, you, can. you know, like you think about like when Jack Nicholson plays a bad guy. Like you're like, "Oh, it's fuck Jack Nicholson. I fucking love this guy." I was thinking when they got. Uh, uh, Peter Fonda to be the fucking bad guy in Once Upon a Time in the West. Once Upon a Time, yeah, it's exactly. He he's, play, like, he play, he's horrible, but man, I like him because he plays good guys all the time. But he played a bad guy. That was his first time, and it was like, God damn, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He's a dick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just, it, I think it's good to have a guy that can draw the ire, especially in a story like that. And I guess the leader of the little that little clan house there was enough it was better than nothing no yeah you're right i just like like i said it's everyone um but you're right he was just a pudgy fucking loser who didn't do anything yeah (laughs) at the end he's just like staring at the wall he's like he's just sitting there am i gonna do oh my god (laughs) my (laughs) honor it's good enough it it gets the story by and the movie's fan-fucking-tastic but you know if i was looking for something to improve i might have cast like someone more memorable there well that brings me to this point did you know that Takashi Miike remade this movie in 2011. Yes, I've wanted to see it for a long time, but I never have. Actually, um, Amazon tried to automatically play it for me once, back when it was streamable. And I was yeah. like, oh, I gotta save this, I'll watch this later. And that was like fucking four years ago. So I went to look this up like right after, because that's what I always do after I watch a movie. And I was like, what the, he remade this movie? Maybe that fixes the problem a little I bit. I hope so. Honestly, like part of me had half forgotten he did that. Now I'm I really want to watch it. Now I don't I didn't read anything in more detail of, of the the remake, but when I was trying to look up some other stuff about the movie, I came across it, and at least like quickly coming up and showing where it's at, there are some divisive ass reviews about the remake. Oh like, boy! And people talking about how it is better than the original, and like it's it's like the greatest movie ever made, and then Oof. people saying it is absolute dog shit on the level of Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh boy! Anytime <laughs> a movie is compared to that, I'm like, oh, that sounds bad. So it makes me want to see it even more. I mean, yeah, all of Takashi like, Miike's movies watch this. are divisive. They're yeah. all polarizing. He's he's fucking crazy. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a movie about suicide and tradition. I don't know how that would be controversial at all. I don't know. <laughs> I heard oh, um, in Canada. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but speaking of, of filmmakers, uh, I did want to just bring up briefly. Uh, like everyone knows who Kurosawa is, and they love him, and you know, mm-hmm. so do I. Uh, uh, 
Kobayashi, um, Masaki Kobayashi, he's also fantastic. Like, if you guys like this movie, he made another samurai movie, Samurai Rebellion. I had to make sure I was going to say the right one because it's very similar to another movie. He did it's not like a Capcom right. game. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like. But uh, Samurai Rebellion has some of the same themes, and it stars Toshiro Mifune. Ooh. So Ooh. it is also good. However, Harakiri manages to be better. But he also directed... Um, uh, he was he was a lot like Kurosawa in that he was like all over the place, like the two of them and uh, Kanisuke something, a, a, a director I don't know a whole lot about. And a couple other guys, they were all like best buds because they were like the the auteurs of of Japanese filmmaking. But he made um, famously uh, the Human Condition, which is five hundred and seventy four minutes long. Oh. <laughs> It's it's broken into nine parts, so it's it's, 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 funnier, it's funnier to say it as one thing. Uh, it's based on a novel about um, a Japanese serviceman serving in Manchuria during the Second World War, yeah. and it starts in like 1934, like before um, uh, what's that bridge? Uh, I can't remember. The, 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 like right before. The war starts with China, and then the final chapter ends right as Russia is like coming into Manchuria, which is 1945. And it is extremely good and extremely brutal to watch. Like, if you guys think parts of Harakiri are heartbreaking, the human condition is fucking soul shattering. <laughs> but uh, it, it's also really good. But he he made that before this, and he hadn't quite honed his skill entirely yet but uh it's it's fantastic it also has uh tetsuya nakadai as the lead so of course i like that as well but then he also makes we uh quiet on he made this it's a horror it's four it's a horror movie it's four horror movies he, he yeah. made this too like the dude's all over the place and um he also made uh a movie called i will buy you it's literally <laughs> just about guys who recruit baseball players Okay. <laughs> so, so the guy's got range. The guy's got range. I will buy you is okay. Honestly, um, the best movie in this box set, this is the Eclipse box set from Criterion that has four of his movies in it. There's a movie called The Inheritance. As it sounds, um, uh, some rich patriarch from some family dies, and it's about his kids squabbling over who gets the money, sort of. Uh, the movie's great. It's, it's such a good drama. So my, my point is, uh, people don't talk about him enough. He's he's a great filmmaker in his own right. He's got a lot of range. And uh, whenever he directed um, Knock It Eye, he knocked it out of the park. I fucking love those guys. <laughs> but Damn yeah, I, I just wanted to gush a bit about the director of this movie. Because I could have gushed about Kurosawa too, but everyone knows who that is. No one knows who Kobayashi is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I might want to look at Criterion and maybe pick up some of his movies and stuff. But uh, I just wanted to bring up one last point about this movie. The ending when he's like going through the fucking building and shit and like falling over walls and just like more men just keep on showing up. It had like a very comedic feel to it a little bit. It's choreographed, right? Like, I don't know this for a fact, but it, it feels parts of it feel like a ballet because like everyone advances simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And like he's spinning around, like part it feels like a choreographed b- ballet in in parts. Yeah, it feels like West Side Story type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I have nothing else to say about this movie. Uh, my final thoughts is that I l- loved this slow burn movie. 
uh, where you just get one story, you're just like, oh, who's this kid? And then you're just like, oh no, <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> oh shit, that's terrible. As the movie goes on, it's more and more. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, like I said, I showed my hand already. Um, this is, so far, this is my favorite movie. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Uh, I, I mean, I usually go second, but obviously, I love this movie. I love this movie with like a feverish passion. This is one of my favorite movies to show people because, like I said, no one knows who Kobayashi is. No one knows who Tetsuya Nakadai is except as the bad guy in Yojimbo. And uh, no one knows this movie. And they really should. Everyone, this movie should be talked about just as much as Seven Say, right? It's not fair. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? Uh, yeah, great movie. I really liked it. Uh, like the slow, slow burn, the joy of a Japanese cigar of a movie. Uh, and. <clears throat> Yeah, Nakadai is awesome. I, I, I when I was watching, I was like, that guy looks familiar. I feel like I've seen him something before. Does Yujimbo, and he was yeah. he was cool. He was cool in Yujimbo as well. Yes, big time. Uh, He's cool in everything. I'm here to tell you. So far, so good. Yeah, it's two for two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll probably check out uh, some more of this guy's movies later. Besides the, did you say we're watching another one of his? Um. We're not watching another movie from Kobayashi, but we are watching another Tetsuya Nakadai movie. Well, we're watching two more. He's in Ron as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I recommend it for sure. <laughs> All right, Chaz, what about you? Eh, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely recommend This movie is awesome. I was thinking of the meme of that, uh, the guy that looks at the butterfly. It's like, is, is this a perfect movie? Uh, but no, really, th- this movie is fantastic. Uh, I don't even know if I just re- re- recommend it to someone who's into samurai movies. I just recommend this to for just any generic movie goer. Like th- this movie is so good. You, it is. You paraphrased what uh, Ebert said about this movie, and that is that um, westerns or no samurai movies like westerns don't only have to be used to tell. Um, uh, genre stories. It can be used as a vehicle to sell greater drama, and this is the best example of that. Uh, yeah, best example sure. I've seen. It's, it's a fantastic movie. So, yeah, highly recommend. I I want to bring this up too because I had to rent this on Amazon. I couldn't find it in C's. The the remake was only in the C's, so I was like, "Fuck, I gotta get it on Amazon." Uh, <laughs> the tags for this movie is international drama. Downbeat, sad, <laughs> depression. <laughs> the Amazon, like, it's so weird. It's like they try to use words to sum up the movie's feel. What the fuck is that? Like, I just—they're not the only ones that do that either. But they're—I noticed they were the first ones to really start trying to do it. Yeah. So, Andy, what's the next movie? Uh, next week we're gonna watch some. Now we watched two absolute classic bangers and next week i'm gonna get a little self-indulgent uh, cool. so- sword of doom is not uh, i mean it's still i mean it still has like a criterion release and it's still a big deal and all the movies so good it's got tattoo you're not gonna die in it um sword of doom is even closer to an anime than anything we've seen so far right it's uh it's got some big dumb action in it it's got some like big dumb evil in it it's just a good old time, and and uh, it's Tattoo Nakadai at his most, uh, most violent Nakadai. <laughs> I think you guys are really gonna like it. <laughs> All right. Since you said that, it does remind me of one one final 
bit. No, I'll move on. I, I forgot to mention it earlier. I texted this too. I thought it was funny. Now watch this movie, and the next day, all of anime made more sense. Absolutely. And it, but like really though, it, like you know the the house that anime built. This is definitely one of the foundational bricks. Like the the way of pulling the rug out from under someone with like a twist and then another twist of something. Yeah, definitely there. Uh, all, so. all anime is like one part Harakiri, one part lone wolf and cub, and then some ink and paint. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little more color here. And yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It, it's funny. Uh, we don't have to discuss the contents of what we said in Messenger, but we talked about game journalists being stupid. And you brought up about, yeah, just going to the backyard and like, you know, committing, you know, the ritual and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? I hadn't watched it yet. <laughs> I literally told the entire premise of the movie. <laughs> I thought I was like, that's a 200 IQ meme future. That's a joke for future dubs. <laughs> okay, Here he is. Yeah, I, I finally got it, and I was like, holy shit, damn. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I hope you got your gas. Yes, you did, indeed. So remember, guys, Watch Sword of Doom, and then we will come back here and talk about it. Now we're going to go into the last word where we talk about what the hell we've been playing, watching, or doing, and all that stuff. But before we do that, let's uh, hear something from Randy Savage. Wow! Oh! Somebody put a microphone in front of me. You know what that means, brother. Yeah. I've heard all about this uh, podcasting thing. I think I've been on it a time or two myself, I believe. Uh, it's a little intergalactic for me, a little out there, you know. But that's okay, brother. Yeah. Because on Getting Some Color, you can relive moments, me and my glory. And my moment of glory! Before the yellow and red Brutus, you know who I'm talking about, brother. Yeah, the guy who was backstabbing, hot dog, grandstanding. Forget all about him. You can see the macho man in his glory days. Or you can hear people talking about it, at least. You can watch, too. But hey, that's not what's important. The devil's in the details. Sometimes the details aren't important. Sometimes they are. These details, they're a little bit important. You can catch, get some color. Bi-weekly Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. Be there or not, as they say. Wow! Wow, man, freak out, yeah! Thank you, Randy Savage, for that ad. We love you. Dig fastest, it. Fastest gun in the north, south, east, and west. Yeah. Yeah. I was say, I'm really glad you picked that particular ad. I just choked down four Swiss roll cakes. It's a nice <laughs> four. Maybe <laughs> be Slim Jims or I, yeah. I was like, I, I thought you were going with that. Like, yeah, thank you for playing this Randy Savage thing because I just had these Slim Jims. <laughs> just fucking well, Swiss that roll. was longer of the ad, so I had yeah. enough time to eat all four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> heart hurts now, little though. By the way. If you haven't watched or listened to our latest Getting Some Color, it was fucking a doozy. We talked about ECW, uh, the night we crossed the line, whatever the fucking name it was. The night the line was crossed, and they yeah. crossed the line. They crossed the yeah. line, indeed. So go go listen to that. <laughs> we had yeah. a fucking ball. 
Diarrhea is typically not an adjective, but that night it was. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's because uh, Chaz fucking uh, did the moonshine thing and then chugged his beer. And then was yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh man, I felt so bad the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was rough. He was like drunk within like the hour. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the the experience. Hell that, what the hell I've been watching, playing, or doing? I've been watching this show with my dad um, called uh, For All Mankind. It's on uh, Apple Plus. Uh, it's it it's leading up to the Mars mission, but it does like a history thing. But it's what an alternate. Uh, the one that Matt Damon went on. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is, his history is skewed. So... Apollo 13 never happens. There's well, it happens, but there's no failure. Uh, there's different president changes and stuff. Uh, they go to Mars in 1997. <laughs> since we're not even there now, um, because technology has advanced somehow better than than what the the history that's been said through this alternate history. But it's really interesting because there's like moon bases and stuff. But like uh, in this universe, the Russia, uh, the Russia, the Russians beat America to the moon. America never made it to the moon first. That's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, they beat us to space anyway. So, I mean, it makes sense. And uh, Russia, Russia and America build moon bases. Yeah, they build moon bases on the moon. Uh, with nuclear weapons, it's and the 90s. That was no, that was the 60s. Jesus uh, Christ, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Oh, this yeah. sounds outrageous. Just land on the moon. They were like, nah, we're just going full ham when we get there. They fucking said, forget that Antarctic treaty, fucking yeah. put in a vodka distillery immediately, and they were just like, we're not leaving. Yeah, they have like nuclear bombs. There's fucking M16s in the fucking moon and shit. It's, it's wild. It would uh, work though. Uh, it worked in this show. It's bullshit. It's fake. <laughs> the moon is fake. Using, I'm like in a vacuum or space shit. is not real. Uh, <laughs> vacuum rounds. <laughs> the Earth is flat. Uh, <laughs> but I, I watch that. Um, I also watch Rabbit Hole. That's the Kiefer Sutherland show. Um, it had like eight episodes on Paramount Plus. It, it was good. Um, it's it's what you would think. It's called Rabbit Hole. Uh, just for like a recap, he his mind is all effed up where he sees every possibility that could happen, like every situation. Uh, and there's like government conspiracy going on. Uh, and there's it's so much to talk about. I just go watch it. It's, it's a big rabbit hole if you want to uh, get into that stuff. <laughs> um, gaming wise, I. I only dabbled in the NHL because it's on Game Pass, and thank God I don't buy these games anymore. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so bullshit as far as like uh, sports games. Uh, but I got Ze- the new Zelda. Um, can't wait to play it because there's so much shit to do in it. Uh, thank God I don't buy these bullshit games anymore. So anyway, I bought this game. Yes, but I actually bought a game that's complete. Um, that's true. It's yeah. game. it's <laughs> yeah. finished. Yeah, I mean, I, I to be fair, I assume when he said buying games, he he meant the 
the the cash grab of any like a sp- sports game. I I know I know I was just being an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 bought the, I bought the DLC, the Breath of Wild. <laughs> a lot of people are fucking saying that it's pissing. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, nothing. Oh, I'm watching. Uh, I think I talked about this last week. Silo. I watched the next episode on that. Uh, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get into that because there's a lot of shit. Oh, it on Apple. It's good. Uh, that's all I've done. Andy, what about you? Um, I haven't had a lot of free time to like do media type stuff. I uh, just I, I'll make it real quick as an aside. I'm stripping wallpaper in one of my the rooms of my house so I can paint in there. And the wallpaper was put up in the 90s over top of some wallpaper that was put up in the early 80s over wallpaper that's been there, I think, since the 60s. So, God damn it, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> but anyway, I did manage to finish Armored Core for Answer. And now I'm very passionate about picking up other Armored Core games. And they're all like $100 now. So, I, I think I'm just going to cool my heels a little bit on that and see what happens. I'm hoping the prices come down. I'm hoping I find some at like a yard sale or who knows. Well, how was uh, Armored Core 4 answer? Uh, it, man, it's cool. It is a fun game. Uh, it still has like that jank we talked about. Yeah. Like, you know, a Japanese game on the 360. Uh, but at the end of the, the end of the game gets real cool, like with like some story stuff. And uh, I, it has it has a bit of um, it has a bit of a, an eternal darkness thing going on where you like beat the game. And then if you start it again and beat it, you get a different ending. And then huh. if you start it again and beat it, you get still a third ending. I was like, man, that's a lot of work. I'm just going to look it up. And so I did. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like a, a lot like uh, near Autonomous. Auton- yeah, I mean, that near does that Automata. even more to the end. This is at least oh, just three endings. Yeah. Yeah, I've just heard a thing about that game actually where it's like you have to beat it so many times to, uh, and like it's a route A and route B, and then you finally play route C. And when you do that, they finally do the title drop where they show you, hey, you finished the prologue. Now this is the real game. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> like 100 hours playing this, and you're saying I just started? It's oh, like that's ghosty, funny. Like, like, it's nothing like that. It's just yeah. some, some big dumb robots fighting some big dumb robots but uh oh, that's all great and also um like in my spare time i've i've continued watching the bad seasons of trailer park boys and not playing <laughs> through it like i was before um there's still some stuff to like in the later seasons but it's just clearly not as good i, I don't know i've seen it all before so it's not like mm-hmm. i'm learning anything new but i it, it in a way, it's just um, bizarrely interesting to me, like what's changed because every season reinvents like every character. The way they write that show has always been really entertaining to me because yeah. like LA, he's a terrible villain. Oh, OK, he's sober in this season, so he's he's on their side. Oh, he's drunk again. OK, now he just wants to live in a tent in the woods. Like it's just, every season like does something different with like, almost every character. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. Right? I, I always find it really humorous, the whole arc with with uh, with Snoop Dogg. Uh, like all the celebrities coming to hang out. I'm. I think I'm coming up on that part. I haven't got okay. there yet. I've seen it before, obviously, but yeah, I do remember okay. that because uh, uh, Julian just turned the park into an all-inclusive resort, <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's when they turn up. I'm pretty sure it's like the, the episode I'm going to watch tonight. Yeah, yeah, they do like uh, some ads and don't realize how they're they're advertising, and so everybody thinks that <laughs> it's something else when they can come there, and then uh, they get. Tom Arnold and uh, oh, I think yeah, it's Tom, right. Tom Arnold. Yeah, Tom, Tom Arnold wants to fuck Ricky's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he 
He's like, I just want, I want to hang out with you, buddy. You're great. And he he dresses up as him. It's, dresses it's as fucking, him. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Uh, I love that show. Me fucking too. But that's all. Uh, I beat Arm Core. I watched more Trailer Park Boys. I did housework. Nice, Zach. What about you? Well, uh, my game's slowed down, but I'm looking to pick back up. Uh, I finished reading Justice League: Gods and Monsters. Uh, it was okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was just okay. The movie's much better than what the, the book is. The book serves as a, pre- a prequel to the movie, really. Huh. Uh, and like, it's like the writing's decent. The art varies because. It's like six issues, and three of the issues are like single issues to build up each of the the new Justice League in this. There's one dedicated to each character. Uh, And the art in the main story is like, okay. It feels like a guy that's like a C-level artist. Like, they're giving him like, all right, here, kid, you want an assignment? Here you go. Which, it happens. I'm not going to complain about that happening because it should still happen instead of people just being given like fucking jobs and they're allowed to like fail upwards, like how this society allows for some reason now <laughs> in like everything. <laughs> but uh, like uh, I moved on uh, though, and I'm reading uh Spider-Man uh, invasion of the spider slayers, which is uh, it's a story from like the early '90s. I want to say so it's somewhere from '90, 90, '92. I know it happens after Maximum Carnage, uh, but uh, Spider-Man is being attacked by random robots trying to murder him, and he doesn't know why yet. That's because I'm not that far yet. I'm, I'm only halfway through. Uh, I have I have a sneaky suspicion it's it's Alan Smythe before. Uh, uh, that was not a character made for the animated series. He was in the books. Uh, and his father, uh, I forget his first name, but his, his Smythe, Smythe's father was also a character too, uh, if you remember that stuff. So this is the comic book version of Smythe showing up and being like, I've made a bunch of robots to murder you, basically. Are those the robots that all stack on top of each other? Like one's a scorpion and one's a spider and... Yeah, I remember that shit. This rule, <laughs> those those fucking rule. I always wanted that when I was a kid. Now Me I don't too. think they they do that in this story, but he does make like a giant spider. Like so far, they've just been different things. Like what well, the first one was like a uh, some kind of like bird or something, hmm. uh, or no, no one was like some kind of crazy dog or like a dinosaur, and the other one was a bird, and the third one just looked like an evil version of Iron Man. Okay, <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And that's what Spider-Man says. Is that guy like an evil Iron Man? Like, what the hell? And he thought it was a guy in a suit first, uh, which is, I guess is a fair assumption. Hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's primo '90s artwork, so good. Back when people used to draw everything. Um, but yeah, I'll talk more about it when I finish it. Uh, I watched a fuck ton of movies, which is very out of character for me. Uh. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three in theaters. It was I heard good. It was good. It was it was pretty good. It's pretty much like on par with the other ones. Uh, I've heard some people say they don't like the second one as much or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I that's kind of me. Second one. I, second one was fine. The first one's one of my favorite comic book movies. They'll say people say this third one is about like watching the first one. If you're talking about quality, uh, mm. it felt like a good send off for everybody too, and. Man, it gets dark sometimes too. Uh, it, it, they, I'll give them this. They actually 
went out of their way to try to do some more stuff that just didn't feel like rote formula kind of kind of thing everybody's been criticizing them for for the past year or two. Yep. Surprise. Uh, People are criticizing them now because they go too dark. Yeah, so I've seen some people get pushing back on that. It's like, God damn it, you guys didn't have to be so mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why I like James Gunn because he fucking just he goes outside the box a lot. That's why he, I like him. He finds his way, like he has his own J- James Gunnness about him. He has a signature style. He talks he funny. He talks funny. His characters talk funny, but he always manages to wedge in some like actual like kind of heartfelt like moments or something you, you get some feels of some kind mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll always give him credit for that uh i watched uh after i watched evil dead rise i watched all the i've been watching all the ev- other evil dead movies uh Hell yeah i think i, I, I want talk about me watching the first one last time uh saying it was better than i remembered thinking it was i uh, but- i just found out that the second evil dead was Technically, a reboot because of fucking yeah. right, rights issues and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He called yeah. it Evil Dead too, but he didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just a remake. Yeah. I wasn't really aware of that aspect of it, but yeah, I watched Evil Dead too. Uh, it was also very good, very different though too. At the same time, the yeah. first Evil Dead is more like a straight horror movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Army of Darkness. <laughs> I watched Army of Darkness. That's like a whole other movie. Like, they get sillier, yeah. It gets even crazier. Uh, and I was like criticizing when I was saying, like, oh, none of this stuff makes any sense. Because <laughs> I'll get, I'll give Evil Dead to this at least, even though they got nuts. He was reloading a shotgun, and that was keeping pace with like reality, where he would fire two shells and reload. Not in that movie. <laughs> 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 it's like he had a Doom double barrel shotgun in that movie. Yeah, he put he fucking put in the Konami code. Yeah, <laughs> I was, it doesn't really matter though because it's not that kind of a movie where it should matter. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. about it. That's... It's I, I like it. I don't like it as much as the other two. Uh, I watched Evil Dead 2013. Uh, I remember liking it when I watched it. Uh, it is different. It's more of a horror movie than the others, uh, mm. but uh, I still like it after watching it. But uh, what, you want a fun fact? Uh, the director of that movie uh, did like a indie short movie on YouTube and they were just like, let's get that guy to do Evil Dead 2013. And, That's rad. And he did well. It's fucking good. I liked it. It's. I thought it was good. I just, I wish it had been a little more silly. Watch, I, watch I, the I just, new one. I just like Sam Raimi so much. See, hearing a story like that breaks my heart a little bit. Uh, I mean, that's great that they did it for that. It makes me think of, did you guys ever watch the web series Mortal Kombat Legacy? I so. <laughs> yes, I have. No, no, you, like, you, so there was like that hype trailer that came out where some some person, uh, Kevin Tenchero, and I think it's the director, really wanted to make a Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, it's like 2000, I think 2009 or 2010. And he, he really wanted to make a movie, so he did uh, this trailer and tried to make it look really gritty, like Saw. Yeah. Like, I like guess kind of like how the aesthetic of the movie looks, and make everyone like grounded, like realistic characters. Like, there's a reason that's actually, you know, somewhat grounded in real life that would make them be the type of like monster they are, villain or fighter, and it ties into the story. And it's like a 10, 11 minute trailer. It's really fucking cool. 
And then they were like, you know what? You go make a series, and if this works out well enough, we'll we'll let you do the movie. So then he made Legacy, and and it's honestly really good. The two seasons, and you can find it. It's on HBO Max. They're really good. And then they just didn't let him make a movie. The movie just <laughs> yeah. fell into development hell, and then they made that schlock of a movie a couple of years ago. <laughs> we yeah, actually covered it on the show. Go listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, the new Evil Dead Rise has a little bit more camp in it than the Good 2013 man. does. Not Good as man. much as the others, but yeah, it's still there. Um, I also watched Intruder, a 1989 uh, horror slasher movie that's set in a supermarket. And it doesn't it doesn't sound as silly as you think it is. But They're not <laughs> just slashing prices anymore. But uh, <laughs> Sam Raimi and his brother Ted Raimi are in it as characters. It's kind of ah, cool. Funny. The, the guy who's the director, I think they're friends or something like that. I think they were roommates or something at some point. And I, I think it was like a favor job. He's like, hey, man, I'm making a movie. Can you act? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So he did. Uh, and he's in it for a decent bit, too, Sam Raimi. is. Ted Raimi's just kind of like a side character. I mean, Sam's a side character, too, but he gets more screen time. Uh, Bruce Campbell also makes an appearance at the end as a cop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's about this, this, everybody's working in the supermarket and this, this crazy guy shows up. Who's uh, the protagonist girl, uh, her old boyfriend who just got out of prison and is forcefully trying to get back with her. She's like, no, fuck off. And it disrupts everything. And they call the cops. They close the store down because it's 1989 and Walmart's and, 24-hour Kroger's and shit didn't exist yet, so stores closed at, like, 8 or some shit. And uh, they, they're in there doing all the other stuff to get ready for the next day for, like, a few hours, and that's when shenanigans happen, and people start dropping. <laughs> <laughs> and they swerve you. They do swerve you. Um, good movie. I uh, also watched Cube from 1997. Oh, it's so good. I love that movie. I love the series. Holy shit, I love that movie. Uh, is it the horror movie? Yeah, it's it's kind of like Canadian Saw. <laughs> Canadian Saw. <laughs> it's like Canadian Sci-Fi Saw. It's like what it is. It's a B-rated movie. It's campy as fuck. Um but it's like they go it's it's what it is. It's a cube, but they people wake up inside the cube and they go through doors and some are safe and some have traps in it and they yeah. have to and they have to look at uh what's on the door serial number and they have to like figure shit out and stuff i i liked it i digged it it's it's more about the characters like combusting under mm. that pressure than it is about the cube or you don't learn shit about the cube or like the fucking area they're in or the motivation behind it you never do anything. you never do you don't need uh, it yeah you just, it's just trying to watch them panic through it that's kind of a neat. Well, then I imagine aspect. people hated that movie. Some yeah. people probably did. I wouldn't. I, that wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I thought it was all right. It was okay. Uh, uh, sounds like Dubs loves it. I I love those type of movies. I'm I'm stupid when it comes to that. <laughs> and uh, then there, I found out there's like three or four of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen. Uh, next movie is Cube Two Hypercube. Hi- Hypercube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have to watch this. It's called Hypercube. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then there's Cube Zero, which is a prequel. Yeah, oh, don't shit. don't yeah. burn yourself out. It sounds like we got some uh, some good picks for Halloween. Yeah, I was, that's what I was about to say. You should choose Cube for Halloween, Dubs. Hmm. I'm gonna watch this shit. 
I'll watch it again. I don't care. Anyway, uh, then I, I'm gonna end it here with uh, I watched Sleepaway Camp, uh, <laughs> which is a. Have you seen Sleepaway Camp? Uh, I I cheated. I just watched the uh, Cinema Snob review of it. Oh, I I kind of man. I got some thoughts I, about. I had been spoiled on the end of that movie even before watching his review of it. However, man, like okay, so I didn't have anything going into this. Uh, it was just I found it on Tubi, and I it looked interesting. I love the eighties aesthetic of horror movies, so I was, I was I'll I'll watch this. Maybe it's good. Maybe it sucks. And uh, it's hard to get too mad about you know almost ninety minute movies, but uh, like. To me, it wasn't that good, and the acting's not that good. But they—it's uh, weird. I kept—I stuck with it, and goddamn, the ending is just crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. It kind of like—I almost want to say it's worth watching just to see the ending of it, just to see it all build to that end. I, I already added it to my list. <laughs> oh man, there's there's a whole discussion you could have about that just based off the ending. But uh, that's that's yeah, especially and some people, and that's a whole other thing too. I don't think it's uh, 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 as controversial as people trying to make it out to be, but whatever. Uh, That's the end of what everything I did. All right, Chad, what about you? Yeah, so I I finally got back on the wagon and I watched some some AEW. Oh, I thought you were going to say you kept watching Boruto or some shit. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's nothing else to watch. I, I don't worry. I, I'm going to talk about what anime I covered in this period of time. I have not chosen what I'm watching next yet. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm very intrigued on watching the Human Condition. That sounds like a challenge that I'm willing to accept. It's very. I'm, long I've never met another human it. being who can make it through it. So. Oh, I'm ready. You challenged oh, me. You fucking said that, and then you make it think it. Uh, yeah, I have to watch it now. Have to, I don't. It may be better to borrow it from you rather than try to find it. Maybe I don't know. I guess I'll have to look and see if I can find it. I mean, I'll bring it on Saturday if you want, or I can give you my uh, Criterion Channel login. Which I can do my, that's how I can start my my day of drinking at seven. I'll just <laughs> I'll just watch the human no, people show then up. Then you'll be drinking for all the wrong reasons. I guarantee it. Everyone will come in and I'll be screaming and wailing and crying as I'm like, oh, I can't believe this. It's not. It's not like a screaming and wailing despair. It's more of a sit in a corner silently for an hour despair. Like it's hard. That's what that's what sober me would probably do. I I have a feeling drunk me would try to play all the wrong Toby Keith songs. Uh, but anyway, well, in your ass. Sorry. <laughs> it's the American way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got him. I knew what he where he was going with that. Something about terrorism. Make you break your heart. That's Billy Ray Cyrus. It's a different yeah, it's mullet. Fuck, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's, it's same mullet, different flavor. Uh, like a woman. No, that's what I. Is that is? I was gonna say Canadian saw, but she's she's a national treasure <laughs> in Canada. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I got back on my my wrestling kick with AEW and kind of caught up to kind of know what's going on because if you don't do that, then it's. Totally lost on what their their plot is, uh, if that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I don't, I don't really know what's too much of what's going on, but apparently there's a big announcement tomorrow, and it's allegedly going to be oh, there's another show. So I'm going to tune in and see. They they hooked me enough to go there. Fucking uh, I 
am still chugging through The Last of Us Part 1. Um, I am now at the part with Sam and Henry and all the, the raiders, mm. or the hunters. Mm. So, I'm... Mm. I, I'm like halfway through. I'm not, I'm not too terribly Living far. on a prayer. Uh, <laughs> someone was was bored one night. Cough, cough, Andy. And was like, somebody do something. So I, I proceeded to go online and, and get my ass beat and playing Dragon Ball Fighters for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah, I watched that, too. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so he like hung out and watched me play. And every match was I would win the first game. Or the first match, because it's usually in rank, it's best of three. So I'd win the first match, and then I'd proceed to lose the next two. So they would win the overall two out of three. Now he'd lose, <laughs> and then he'd explain to me why why they didn't deserve it because Broly's cheap or <laughs> fuck ever. Okay, <laughs> okay, fuck Broly. <laughs> that game. You Broly, Broly is strongest though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me there. <laughs> I lost a fucking plot armor is what I lost to in, in fucking internet connection weird shit. Yeah, I, to be fair, there was only one match that was pretty bad with lag. Most of the others were good. And again, that, that goes back and forth. That's just how that game is. That, that game, is, is that's one of the faults of the game because one, it doesn't have rollback netcode, but also it is uh, a game that is very punishing if your defense is broken. And when you're playing a game that you can just a couple of frames of lag could mean the difference if whether you oh. can block or not. Well, you just like instantly lose because yeah. you like that doesn't happen in other uh, fighting games necessarily. Like you can recover and you're back to neutral and you can reset. Uh, so it's much less forgiving playing online. The game is a blast when you're playing without that that extra element though. Except for when you're fighting against Broly, he's bullshit. Fuck him. But uh, anyway, I uh, fired up the GameCube and I played Def Jam Vendetta. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's yeah. at. And I'm really hoping I can get you guys to play this weekend because that game. Well, you're not going to have to try awesome. very hard, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, that game is fucking awesome. Uh, and then uh, Evie and I actually played some Marvel vs. Capcom 2. She likes. She calls it, can we play Spidey Fight? <laughs> she, she's named it Spidey Fight. So we go and play Spidey. And she always picks the same characters, which are uh, Spider Man, Iron Man, and Hulk, because those are the ones that are in the Spider Man show she watches on Disney. So, and Daddy has to always pick bad guys. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Albert Wesker. <laughs> that's three. Yeah, yeah. sure. He's not, in the, he's not in that, but yeah. But we, we have fun. It, it's, it's a fun time. Uh, as far as other things that I watched, um, I felt like there was something else I watched, but I, I honestly can't remember it. But I did finish the at least the 12 episodes or the first season of Chainsaw Man. Whoa. What a fucking trip! That shows that shows fucking bananas. Oh, yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah, a lot, a lot of gore, a lot of just nonsense, but it's very anime in the sense of. I know I'm, it's been ultra popular lately. I, even I was kind of thinking about it. It's I, I would definitely recommend it. It's really good. It's it kind of reminds me of if JoJo and. Berserk. My Academia had had a child and made that child rewatch the Castlevania Netflix anime over and over and over because <laughs> it's really <laughs> fucking graphic. Uh, and there's all a lot of like it's very over sexualized. I mean, not or I guess hyper. I shouldn't say over, but uh, but it, it's funny. Like the the person, the character is just so simplistic, and it, you feel so bad for him. He, like because he just had such a bad down on luck. 
life and has now got a chance to fix things. But because of that, he's he also and for other reasons, he he also just like has no feelings. Like his feelings are very simplistic. He just wants to like touch boobs and and eat really good food. And yeah. he'll and he yeah. gets a thrill out of murdering and like shredding people up. He doesn't. I mean, yeah, yeah that makes sense. You just described like ninety nine percent of all adult men's thoughts. Yeah, I guess so. But and maybe fifty percent school shooters. But they build they build like a lot, a lot of characters up. It takes a little longer. Like the first couple episodes are just like just whoosh, everything just thrown at you without any explanation, and it's just like overwhelming stimulation. It's good, and then they start to like flesh out the characters and stuff that are involved, and they get some good story. And then they have a character that's probably it was my favorite character, and then of course that character died. I was very upset. <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, that was another thing. Like, actually, they they had a scene that just came out of nowhere, and they just fucking killed everyone. And I was like, "Whoa, what just happened?" But kind like of killed. Red yeah. wedding. It, yeah, it gets pretty fucked up. And then they didn't kill everyone. And then it's explaining the story of like the main like villain in the story. It's like the gun devil. And gun devil. that yeah, the so you Dubs, you've read the. The manga, right? I don't even right? only, only the first one, first volume. Okay, I mean, I'm not sure how far that covers, but yeah, the, the, the scene where they cover where like Aki's origin story, very briefly, just to explain like his motivation for why he became uh, a devil hunter is mm-hmm. so fucking tragic, but just so instantaneous. Uh, but I won't ruin it for anyone. But it's it's rough. But uh, yeah. And then, I mean, actually, I watched Chainsaw Man, and then immediately, like, I finished it. The next night, I watched Harakiri, and I was like, "Hmm, I, I, there's a little Harakiri in Chainsaw Man." Amongst, <laughs> it's like chain, it's like Harakiri, but modern times, much more blood. They, they did a lot of shrooms. There, there's and, a lot of and boob oh, touching. Yeah, there's a lot of tits and weird demons that see the future and dance. I, there's a lot of dancing, a lot of needless dancing, but it's it's definitely needed. You just don't know it. So I'll, I'll stop going on. It's a, it's a good time. You guys should watch it. Speaking of boobs, is Miho's teeth missing in the? Uh, it's no, they're black. It, it was like a beauty thing in the early Edo period where they would like, I don't know if it was makeup or what, but they would paint their teeth uh, glossy black. It was weird. I know it's, it's very strange. <laughs> All right, uh, Zach, you said you had news, right? Yeah. So. Uh... It just came out, I guess, today uh, that in Marvel Comics uh, they did an event in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 26, I think. Uh, Miss Marvel is gets killed in it. I mean, it fucking says on the cover the death of Miss Marvel. Uh, it's weird. And, Surprise! No, and if you don't know by now, Miss Marvel is not Carol Danvers, the, the classic Miss Marvel. Uh, Kamala Khan. That's Captain Marvel now. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Kamala Khan and uh, I forgot about that character. I thought it, people liked. Yeah, her. so did everybody else. I mean, uh, okay, maybe not. So that's a character they've been trying to push for like ten years or some shit, but or, probably closer to eight. But uh, and then tried to push it on a video game that failed. Yeah, she was in Avengers. I remember. That's why I this, thought, "Oh, this character must be popular?" Question mark. No, know. it's another case where this character is somebody they try to push and make people believe it's popular, and it's not. Uh, which is, ironically, 
the same thing that happened to Captain Marvel. <laughs> so, but, uh, like, I don't know. I have some thoughts about this because Zeb Wells, uh, who's the current writer for Amazing Spider-Man, had revealed uh, maybe a month ago or so. He's like, man, I'm going to I'm going to do something and it's going to piss a lot of people off. And people were thinking it had something to do with Peter or something. Uh, and his run on that book has not been good because it's been kind of retreading old issues. People have hated about Spider-Man books since uh, one more day. Uh, mm. the the thing where they they made Spidey, his whole life, his whole marriage, his whole character evolution, basically. <laughs> oh, you mean how like they they wrote themselves into a corner with Civil War, and then they were like, oh, we know how we'll fix it. We'll write a really shitty story to undo all that. Yeah, that was real good. And get rid of the marriage because fucking I forget the name Joe Casada. That's right. Joe Casada said married people are boring. Uh, uh. So. They did a yeah. thing. I just did. saw Harakiri and I disagree. <laughs> I, fucking dis- I mean, anybody <laughs> with a brain would say that, but yeah. They did a thing where, like, Peter shows up to Mary Jane's place and he's, like, about to kiss her. And then, like, out came the door two kids and a husband. <laughs> yeah, that, ha- that happened recently, too. And it's like, I don't know. They've been doing this whole thing where, uh, the previous writer had kind of renewed the spark of like, Oh, are they going to get back together after all these years? People have been asking for it forever. And no, because this other guy came in and basically just squashed it. And, uh, I don't know, but the thing with Miss Marvel is interesting because I, I, off air, we talked about it for a minute. Uh, so most people think it's just going to lead to her coming back and being part of like the X-Men sphere to mm-hmm. read comic books. Yeah. To well, real, well it's to realign her origin more with like what they did in the MCU, which kind of makes it make more sense with her power set and everything. Cause yeah. uh, well, I'm reading kind here of vague as hell, like in the comics. I have the thing here. that was talking about it because apparently they also have something set for later in July it's a one shot called Fallen Friend that's going to f- apparently be a, a feature of her. And then there was uh, a new title that's coming out that's X Men based in August that's also tied together. So the theory was, uh, or the speculation was that they're going to resurrect her because that's in currently in X Men they have that whole resurrection bullshit right now where they can just bring any mutant back. She is an inhuman, which is a. F- Basically, a, a mutant, but in a different, you're not born that way. It's a, yeah, they can change whatever rule they it's want. A, so yeah, it's exactly just bending the rules to whatever they want. So I think they're looking to do that because they're <laughs> they're trying to find ways to align the comics so that they can use things in the MCU. So this uh, may be a way to bring her in and make her an X Men. So this gotta, amounts to almost uh, nothing. <laughs> they got to stop yeah. doing that. It it, it, it yeah. worked in 2014. When when MCU was fucking big and thriving, like it kind of made sense a little bit, but then obviously with the fucking downgrade and fucking Marvel uh, writers and artists and all that stuff, and especially with the movies, it's it's just gonna. Get, are they even still calling X Men X Men anymore? Are they just mutants? Yeah. No, they're called X Men. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you what this really is. It's it, it's an attempt just to cut their losses with this character because I can tell you the sales were never good for it. That's kind of a shame in a way because they're always doing that thing where they want to uh, race swap existing characters. So they yeah. invented a new character 
of she's Pakistani, right? What is mm-hmm. she? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then it didn't take off either. And I was like, oh god damn it! I don't, I don't know what to tell you, comics industry. I'm sorry you tried. Yeah. <laughs> did any of you guys play? Did any of you play the the Square Enix the Avengers? I played it. Yeah, no. yeah. So like it, I, I will say like the way they write her character, like they had some backstory because they tie that that story is actually heavily about her. It's, it's probably her. the best version of her that's come out in anything yeah. i'll say uh, yeah. it's kind of like what that not quite to the extent but the equivalent of like what that spider-verse movie did for miles morales mm-hmm. because, after that uh, spider-verse movie i was like miles morales is a badass character this is excellent <laughs> oh, actually, he, he suffered from like it's it's the same the, the both these characters have something that's kind of in common uh between them which is like the idea of that character is appealing to people, but it doesn't translate into sales or actual popularity. It's a minority, it like not because they're minorities, but it's the minority of people that are buying that. It's it's everybody that's a comic book fan of every race and color want to want Peter Parker stories, or they want uh, you know. Captain Marvel and all that stuff. They don't want Miss Marvel. They don't want. I mean, I I think Miles Morales is cool, and I kind of like. I, I thought about it too. Like, man, Peter Parker can't be everywhere in New York City. Like, like I, yes. I, I would I argue it's something true. else. I would argue it's something else, and I actually have a reason for this. It's my. It's only from experience with, with my daughter and and watching enough of this nonsense. So for her character specifically, her her comic sales are down. But she is very popular right now because, especially in a, a different a different demographic, but she's really popular right now on Disney because there are a bunch of shows. Like, there's the show that, that was out that received a lot of, uh, like, he actually got a lot of praise despite the fact that, like, they didn't advertise a great deal for it. But it's really popular with uh, really young girls. Uh, Evie watches Spider-Man and like she loves Miss Marvel, even though that that character makes my eyes want to pop out when she talks. Uh, and <laughs> like the toys that are selling, like like they're fairly popular with kids. So, th- but they it's need, really they're trying to rebrand her to be more popular, more mainstream, more I, wide sense. So I think that speaks more to just in general. There aren't a lot of people buying comics anyway. Like yeah. how many how many comics of like very famous characters oh. are just not selling anyway? Like right. is it maybe that? And then you have someone that's, that's more of a niche spot. It's like know. oh well that that's not going to sell. That's what I was going to say. Like I was just saying the, these people don't want these stories. I don't. I disagree entirely because we just watched a movie about a Japanese man, and I was still finding a lot of stuff in it to like think about in my own life and like identify with and empathize with. Mm. I don't care mm. about mm. stories that are only about like a white straight man i care about good stories i don't think you meant minority that way maybe i misinterpreted. I, I, I didn't i didn't mean it that's why i said it, minority meaning there's a small amount of people and i said and i specifically said i'm not talking about minorities minorities meaning race like race i think you yeah you used to be like the small number of people that are buying comics right yes yeah. Okay, well, that's what I thought too. So yeah, I, I, oh well, that yeah. was going to be what I was going to say is I think Zach is right in kind of like I just want to expand upon what he's saying. Like uh, these characters are a good idea, but I think maybe he's right in saying comic book writers just suck. Like 
here's here's a really cool character. Here's Miles Morales. Here's Kamala Khan. Here's a really cool concept for a character. And these, these motherfuckers can't make it work. Maybe they really do suck, like he says. They, well, yeah. they do because <laughs> whenever someone else can write something way better with that character for a movie. Miles was bland as shit for years, and there's people online that will fight and defend him and say, oh, "No, you just hate him because he's X," you know. No, and the sales reflect that. Uh, and yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong; the sales have shrank from where they used to be. But when he came out, came about, sales were also much bigger than what you ready? Now. You ready for what's not actually a hot take, even though I'm going to call it a hot take because sure, it's go. just the fucking truth. The best two Spider-Man characters that have been written. Uh, actually, no, best three, four. I'll say four. Best four Spider-Men that have been written in the last decade have not been in a comic book. It, it have been from the Spider-Verse movie and the game. Yeah. The, the, each, each uh, Miles and <laughs> Peter. Like, both both characters are better, they're well more well-written in those uh, forms of media. So it just yeah. shows. He was really okay. good in the game, too. Yeah, just for oh, the awesome. And the, yeah, Miles, uh, the Miles Morales game is, is great. Uh, and, wow. I mean, Peter's good, too. Uh, I wanted to say, just so that I could remember it, because I'm going to totally forget, but uh, they recently, you know, the Across the Spider-Verse is going to be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's on our, I don't think it's out yet, right? It comes out I think it's week. June 2nd, June 3rd. Okay, so... Uh, Nike, of course, because they they make random partnerships. Uh, they have released a version of the Air Jordan One that is the Across the Spider Verse Jordan. Um, and myself and my impulsiveness decided, you know what, I I got my money back from buying that weird. <laughs> I know so I definitely bought it. So I, I I'm watching, yes, I bought some Spider Man shoes. So they'll, nice. they'll be That's here. That's a good investment. Yeah, um, my oh, sorry, we're shit out of them. We're talking about hot, hot takes here. Hot take, I really didn't like the Spider-Verse. And it's not because of Miles Morales and his race. I just didn't enjoy it. I don't get the idea of having these many Spider-Mans and in, in this. Dude, I loved it. Like it's got everything. I love it. Yeah. It's got yeah. Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah, but you have like cartoons you're, you're a weirdo, Dubs. That's yeah. what it is. It is a hot take though, because most people I know yeah, like it. Is. It's like regularly in like top lists of movies from the last ten years or so, even though it's it's an animated film. Like, it, well, you, know, people seem you know what's like funny? Is, Chaz, you say I don't like cartoons, but the only cartoons that I watch that are superheroes is DC fucking <laughs> like, cartoons. <laughs> but you don't, want, you don't like cartoons by your own admission, if I recall properly. Yes, I... I so, uh, that was my joke. Yeah, animation like is not a genre, it's a medium. Yeah. You've you exactly. got to wrap your head around that. Yeah. Uh, is it just like because it was... What... Did you find it really overly stimulating visually? Is that like something that bothered you? It's stimulating, and uh, I I got to the point where I'm just like, I'm tired of like these multiverses and stuff. Like, come on! (laughs) I will say it was it was kind of leading the charge in that a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's a whole thing from the comics too. So they they did something from the comics actually, but uh, that was actually a good idea, I guess. Mm. But. I will say that's probably one of the only things about the movie I don't like was at times I was like, Oh my God, there's, there's just too much shit happening on the screen. I like <laughs> but, it. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'll, I'll suck down a pixie stick in movie form. Any oh, no, time, man. <laughs> it, it didn't deter me or anything. It's just, I, I, that's the first time I've ever had that experience before watching the movie. I'm like, there's a lot of shit happening. <laughs> just, yeah, if, if you don't like a lot of shit happening, a lot of stuff, you shouldn't watch the Mario movie that just came out. Cause it's, it, it is also a pixie stick. In, in movie form, um, yeah. I'll go I'm ahead. I'm just kidding. Uh, you should watch it. It's fun. 
I'll say I'll say this about the I'll cap it off here the, the Miss Marvel thing. Uh, I think this is an attempt, like I was going to say before, before we got in our tangent, they're, they're cutting their losses because this isn't working in traditional avenues and they're going to roll her over into like a, a team because I don't think this character can work in a solo setting anyway. Yeah. She's some great. Ca- at, she's great as a supporting. More some than ca- that kind of makes sense. She's young. She should have like a mentor. She should be like making mistakes and learning from them. That kind of thing. They've kind of tried that with like, you know, young Avengers and stuff, but it's like a bunch of, like kid versions of superheroes that aren't really over themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's uh, more like a kid's show idea. Like that shouldn't be in mainstream comics. Yeah. They had, they, they tried that in mainstream comics too. Uh, uh, yeah. And so sure. Like on one hand, it's like, Oh, you're going to make her put some people say piggyback off X-Men. Maybe, but maybe that's also a move that can make that character more palatable and uh, some other ways or something, but whatever. Uh, uh, there's I, actually there actually is something interesting there to write about, but it has nothing to do with her. She would just be caught in the crossfire of it, which would be interesting. Is if there was a potential war on Inhuman versus uh, Mutant, because oh, that, fuck. that that could be a cool thing depending on how they do it. But it could also be really bad. It's again fits with what you said. It's it sounds cool, may not translate well because you can't just give it to any person that's just going to write a big big pile of shit. So, I don't know. That, that, there's something there. I'll give my... This is final comic hot take. The Inhumans are not over, and they just need to give up on it. Because <laughs> it's, yes. it's just something they had to come up with to try to circumvent X-Men because they lost the movie rights to X-Men, and they didn't want to try to push them as much anymore in the comic form, so they tried to put them on the back burner. So they're like, well, we'll make another mutant team and call them Inhumans, and it never got over. And also with the copyrights, because that's when X-Men was still at Fox. When they did yeah. Agent, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they had all yeah. these mutants and stuff. And you're just like, oh, it's fucking Inhumans. Just, and I'm just like, just get the copyright, damn it. Pay the money. Just, <laughs> you should have a character say something like, uh, Inhumans, you mean like, or no, mutants. You mean like Inhumans, right? Is it, well, yeah, I guess some people call them that. And then just like move on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I want them to to battle it on, and then I want Namor of all people to show up, and I want him to show that he has like a copy of every other person. And now we have Chuds, and it's and the Inhumans and the mutants have to band together to fight the Chud army. X Men versus Chuds. That's cool to me. <laughs> At least they're not fighting the fucking heroes anymore. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll call them the Chucks Men. Uh, that's funny. Oh man! You could buy the rights to Chuds and just say call it that. It's fine. Yeah. Chudsman, it's just mini miniature versions of the X Men. <laughs> kind of like when WWE has like the miniature, uh, the midget versions of the wrestlers and stuff. <laughs> just uh, I just want like all big, dumb, slow versions of the X Men, except for Wolverine. I I want Wolverine to be like sophisticated and and really smart. Well, I was thinking funny. if they're all smaller versions of the X-Men, the smaller version of Wolverine would just be like a pop Funko that they bring with them or something. <laughs> and Wolverine's here too! It's, it's actually a Wolverine. It's I want to see the small... It's actual Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> they like spray-painted its back yellow. Yeah. I want to see the smaller version of Puck from Alpha Flight. That's what I want to see. Oh, that would be good. Oh, man. It's a Puck. Puck. There it is. Uh-huh. Oh, all right, Dubs, wrap it up. All right, yeah. 
It's time to head out. Uh, catch all our Big Trouble Little Podcasts on all podcast services. We're also on Catch Entertainments, uh, also our YouTube channel, Big Trouble, and also on my Twitch. And remember to like and subscribe. Uh, Sword of Doom is next, so go go fucking watch that movie, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. But until next time, guys, we will see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. I have a question for God. Why? <laughs> <laughs>